As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Ping.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Life Mastery with Todd Allen, the talk radio show that dives into the science of higher consciousness. Join Todd and his guests weekly at 10 a.m. Pacific time and learn how to live a peaceful life with intentional mastery. Enjoy a survey of inspiring topics such as abundance, intention, health, manifestation, love, and transformation. It's all right here. Leading authors, speakers, coaches, entrepreneurs with stories and messages to support your well-being, let alone your most evocative dreams. Hey, hey, it's another groovy day, and that's because when I woke up this morning, I decided it was going to be that way. Now, as I go through the day, different things will happen, but I always reflect back to starting off the day in a groovy way. Hey, that rhyme, that's pretty cool. As always, I like to get myself centered and situated for the show. Maybe we could just take a minute, and if we stretch way up high and roll those shoulders a little bit and shake those wrists. And let's take in a deep breath. And let that breath out just a big ah. And just let your essence flow up through from your solar plexus, through your heart center and right out of your speaker box. Ah. Now this time, let's take in a deep breath and think about those dreams, visions and goals. And now let those dreams, visions, and goals out with a big ah, uh, right up through your heart center, out your speaker box, out into the universe. Uh, and for sure, allow the universe the opportunity to make those. Let's start this over again. Allow the universe the opportunity to make those come true for you. I think I goofed that up a little bit, but I know that you get my point. As always. Oh, this is going to be a fun show. I can already tell. <laughs> As always, I have my co-host with me today. Hey. Jackie. You know what? I think I like Coach Jackie instead of Miss Jackie. Coach Jackie. What do you think? Coach Jackie? Jackie? Coach sure. Jackie. Do I need to wear a whistle? <laughs> I have one. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe we should have that whistle in the in the little in the gavel. Um, public speaking club that that's you right know. yeah or maybe if I, if we're on air here and i want to ask a question i could just oh right you, you know, always... i have a question to ask 
that's a good point. Maybe we won't use the whistle. No. Yeah. <laughs> so today is Giving Tuesday. You just created a not-for-profit. Yeah. And you have this big gig going. Well, you don't have this big, but there are a lot of people that have a gig going on today. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about Giving Tuesday. Giving Tuesday is a movement that began not very long ago, just in 2012. And a few people realize we, we want a day that will help nonprofits to be recognized and hopefully get some donations in this December of, of giving season. And so it's always the first Tuesday after Thanksgiving. And today is that day, December 3rd. And so it's Giving Tuesday. And I know most people probably give to a lot of charities all year long. And so some, for some of them, Giving Tuesday doesn't isn't that big of a deal. But for those who may not often think about generosity and, and performing service, this is a day to remind them to do so. So give to a nonprofit today um, or sometime soon if you don't normally do that. That's what giving to you very, is all Very about. cool. So tell us, tell us a little bit about the not-for-profit that you just started. It has a lot to do with that schoolhouse in the background. It does. This is, I'm broadcasting from my classroom, which is the Speak, Feed, Lead public speaking studio. I'm in Redmond, Washington, and I've been teaching youth and adults for several years now how to be better communicators. And so I decided that it's going so well that I need to reach out around the world and reach those children that might not normally get these opportunities. So I have started the Speak Lead Project with hashtag unselfie. (laughs) <laughs> which uh, is an indication of being unselfish, essentially. And so you can donate to my nonprofit today if you're looking for something, a worthy cause to contribute to. And we will be doing outreach in public schools and private schools, social organizations, to allow children to have a voice, help them find that voice, and to share their message with power and purpose. Great delivery. So very, very. Very cool. And you're very excited about it. I know I've seen lots of Facebook activities. So go find Jackie Bailey's Facebook page. You can also find her at JackieBaileySpeaks.com. Today and I will be on an all-day webinar after the show's over. I'm on an all-day webinar with lots of other nonprofits who are putting together this all-day event. And uh, it will be streaming live on Facebook. So I'll make sure. And that, that event is just about not-for-profits being able to speak what their not-for-profit is about. Is that what yeah. that is? Yep. You'll be able to understand their mission, their purpose, and how to contribute if you feel so moved to do so. Cool. Well, for our listeners, I'm sure there will be a link on Life Mastery Radio's Facebook page and on Jackie Bailey's page and... I'm really liking this Coach Jackie thing. You you might want to go get that <laughs> Coach Jackie. Well, my sisters call me Miss Jackie, but I guess I could get them converted to Coach Jackie. <laughs> Coach Jackie. Jackie. I want to remind our listeners that today's show page is at www.lifemasteryradio.net or .com. Anything we talk about on the show today, you'll find there. You'll also find a link to our newsletter, Jackie puts a newsletter out every week that highlights who's been on the show and who's coming on the show. And after each show, she creates a blog post that talks about the show. So you've got every opportunity to find if you're interested or just whether or not 
what are what what are some of the cool groovy things that we talk about you can find that sign up for the newsletter my book is there you can click on the link and find my book and buy my book and love my book and what's the title of your book six keys to life mastery and it's just things that i figured out in my late 40s that i thought wow if I would have known these in my 20s, it would make a huge difference. So that's I wrote it for the younger generations and the older generations as well. But it's just success keys. And it's not about finance or anything. It's about life mastery. And we're all on this journey. And it, and it really helps just to have a couple of tools in your toolkit along the way to help you make different choices so that's what it's all about and we're going to talk about some of that today with a very special guest are you ready for the show me i'm always ready for the show (laughs) (laughs) our guest today is captain dan willis retired and dan has served with the la mesa police department for the past 26 years in part as a crimes of violence child molestation homicide and a cold case detective He was also, this is kind of cool, a SWAT commander and as the agency wellness program coordinator. He is a graduate of San Diego State University with a bachelor's of science degree in criminal justice, as well as a graduate of the FBI National Academy in Quantico, Virginia, where he studied emotional survival issues for first responders. Nat, I believe we're going to talk about that. That's where he got the bug. He has taught for 10 years at the San Diego Police Academy and has been Officer of the Year twice with nominations for Detective of the Year for the State of California. Captain Willis provides emotional survival training at any first responder agency in the country. He's written a book that we're talking about today, and it's called Bulletproof Spirit. The first responder's essential resource for protecting and healing mind, and heart. Welcome to the show today, Dan. How are you today? Real well. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on. Look at that big smile. You're doing a great service in the world. So let's get a little bit of this backstory. And I found this intriguing that you were a senior manager. And was this a requirement then that you go to Quantico, Virginia for a 10-week course? And, And that's where you kind of got the bug and wrote this book. Did I get that right? That is where it uh, really kind of came to fruition. Back in 2010, I was a lieutenant at the time, and my agency sent me to the FBI National Academy. And it's uh, a 10-week course, kind of set up like a college semester for senior police management just from all over the country, but from all over the world. And one of the classes I took was called Emotional Survival and Spiritual Wellness Issues in Law Enforcement. In the very first day of class, we went around and we introduced ourselves and talked a little bit about why we wanted to take a class with that kind of a title. And there's a police chief sitting up front from somewhere in Texas, and he told us his name, very soft-spoken, and he had his head held down. After a while, he lifted his head and he goes, no, I'm taking this class because I've been a victim of my profession. And he started crying. First day of class in front of chiefs and captains and lieutenants, this guy sitting there crying, and I really took a hard look how the job affected me, how it affected so many of my colleagues uh, indirectly, how it actually affects the safety and well-being of their community. Because communities are only as safe as the health and wellness of the officers serving it, the first response. Yeah. And I just realized there's got to be something we can do with 
Suicide is our number one cause of death year in and year out, about 20% or something. In this community, in, in this community of first responders. First responders, yes. Suicide is uh, historically our number one cause of death, more than all the other causes of death combined. Actually. Right. Wow. One in five suffering from post-traumatic stress. So I came out of the FBI Academy with this drive and passion to want to do something to make a difference. We can't just hope for the best anymore and train these people and let them go. And, and, and we're losing over half the people who start these careers never finish. Right. Communities are suffering because of it. So that was the culmination of the book and what I do now, traveling the country, providing this training. You know, I was looking at your calendar, Dan, and I, I was just blown away. You're, you're somewhere else in the country just about every week. Well, this year has really been busy. Um, I've had 83 bookings in uh, 10 different states. I've been to 30 states in Canada, providing training on trauma, PTSD, and the process of healing, all based on bulletproof spirit. So uh, I've been getting busier and busier. As the need is, is truly just so great out there. Well, that's that's kind of what I got the sense of. Is this guy is being called all over. I noticed you were even up in Seattle not that long ago. And I thought, wow, I mean, this is a huge service. And Dan is just willing to go anywhere and speak to help make a difference. Is this a one-day or a 45-minute gig, or is this a couple-day seminar? Uh, the full training is four hours. But uh, I do a lot of conferences, and typically they don't have four hours to give. So I right. can training in a condensed form from anywhere from an hour, hour and a half up to four hours. Sometimes I'll do two four-hour trainings in a day, just depending on whatever the agency needs. Well, that's very so, cool. So a did hero's the... life is not heroic, it sounds like, Dan. I mean, <laughs> um, there's a lot of happens, right? That's why you're helping this community. And it's a shame that our heroes, our first responders, have to suffer so much emotional trauma themselves. But I, I want to be the first one to really thank you. First one today to really thank you for what you do. Um, my life has been affected many times by those first responders and I really appreciate all that you do. Yeah. Thank you so much, I really appreciate it. And, and every single person out there's life is affected by first responders. You may never know it, but maybe the, uh, the criminal that they caught would have been the right. one into your house or molested your kid or you know who, know, who knows what and uh, they're they are making a difference every day and this is such a great profession in serving the public need and in, in serving our country and our community uh, it should be life fulfilling we shouldn't be losing our lives doing these great great jobs yeah so how did you get the idea for the book then dan but you 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 attended this course did it all of a sudden pop right into your mind or did it develop over time? Cause it takes a little time to put something like this together. Well, uh, after, after the FBI Academy, I was really thinking, okay, what's out there. And I did a lot of research and, and found there's a lot of information out there about what a first for John, a first responder job can do or just trauma, how it can affect anybody, not just first responders, but there really wasn't a whole lot out there, but what you can do about it. So that was the whole purpose of me. Well, there's got to be something we can do. I mean, first responders are, are warriors, right? They're, they typically don't just sit around and, and wait for something. They kind of take action. Right. That was kind of the emphasis of giving people information, information I learned over 30 years in law enforcement that I really wish I knew 
back in 1985 when I put myself through the police academy when I was a 21-year-old kid. I wish I knew that then because it would have saved me a whole lot of heartache. And the book actually pretty much wrote itself. Once I decided to do, do it and just divide it up into chapters and topic areas I wanted to uh, share, uh, it did just kind of come forth. And, and it is just filled with all, there's over 40 wellness strategies, just simple, practical things that people can do, not just first responders or anybody. Because we've all yeah. I, I scanned the book and, and, <clears throat> and read a couple of chapters. I really like chapter three. I mean, you really break it down into, you know, some, some different strategy. I think you have 10 strategies in that chapter and they're all simple little things that I don't think people are, are aware can make a huge difference. I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind when I read that chapter was control your personal time. Right. So I thought, gosh, pay attention to what you're paying attention to and, and be, be aware of these things that are around you and affecting you. And it, it, uh, I was really moved by that chapter. I thought it was really, really a, a simple process. Well, thank you. And just being mindful. I mean, I think that's what you're uh, touching on being aware of, uh, really what should be your highest priorities in life. But sometimes, especially in the job of first responder, those priorities can get, um, screwed around a little bit, right? Be more aware of what's going on and what you want out of life, what you want out of your job and, and controlling only those very few things in life that we actually can control, you know, like your, your motivation, your attitude, how you respond to somebody or how you choose to respond to a situation, your professionalism, your integrity, your compassion, just focus on those things and, and life and work becomes a whole lot easier. Right. We were talking a little bit before the show about it and it's kind of a, it's kind of a thankless job. So I want to put a huge call out to people. Whenever you see a first responder, just tell them, just acknowledge them and, and thank them. But it's, it's a love of the heart. So that this is a hard job. It's not for everybody, but it's a service job. And most people that are called to do it are in that they're, 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 they just love to serve humanity and the public. Did I get that right? That's uh, absolutely true. I love, uh, Todd, the words that you just used about, uh, about love and service. Because pretty much most people who come into a first responder job, they do it to serve, to help their community, to try to make a difference. However, uh, over the years, when we deal with the traumas yeah. that most people can't even begin to imagine that we yeah. see every single day, year after year after year, can turn us into being a negative, bitter, jaded, callous person that just doesn't care, just doesn't care about people or helping. And, and that is a bad, dangerous, unhealthy place to be. And uh, that was the purpose of the book, is to prevent first responders that we all depend upon from becoming that bitter, callous, negative person. Right. And um, the one lesson I know more than anything else in 30 years in law enforcement is that this truly is a vocation of the heart. Yeah. Putting your heart in your work every single day, being driven to make a difference with your agency, to make it more professional, make a difference with your colleagues, make a difference out in the community, make a difference in the people's lives that you go out and serve. If you're not doing that, then the job is going to eat you alive. Yeah. It has the great potential to do that. The one thing that counteracts that more than anything else is serving with compassion and mercy and trying to help and make a difference and solve problems. 
I'm on it. Okay. <laughs> Perfect timing. Uh-oh, are you getting a call? You got to go? <laughs> oh, just went off for some reason. <laughs> well, Dan, I was going to ask you about this methodology that you use to help first responders get to the trauma that they feel. Is it something that they that they only start to work on after they start to feel the effects of this trauma or after a specific incident? Or is it something they can do every day to even prevent some of the outcomes or the emotional situation that can occur following a trauma? Well, Jack, that's a really good point because um, one of the things I like to emphasize is these things, and, and I said there's over 40 wellness strategies in the book, these things are things that need to be part of just our everyday life and service. And if you can just pick one or two things that are going to be productive of wellness and help build resiliency that I write and share and talk about, um, and just have that just be your normal everyday way of, of handling bad situations in life, you're going to be that much more prepared in a, in a sense, bulletproofing you know, your inner spirit. So hopefully you won't be crippled by an accumulation of all the traumas that we deal with day in. It's really essential to be not waiting for something bad to happen, to have this, these uh, wellness strategies be a part of our, our um, everyday life and service. And, and that applies to everybody. So really this book is, is an avenue for anybody dealing with trauma, PTSD, or just not feeling well. This book might be a great uplift. It is for everyone. Everybody at some point in your life, you are going to experience trauma. Yeah. Well, multiple traumas. In fact, I gave a presentation once to um, a convention, um, family members who have had children murdered. Um, And we have to find ways to constructively deal with the bad negative aspects of life. Yeah. Not only can happen, they will at some point or not. And um, the more that we are aware and prepared ahead of time, the better off you are. And if you weren't prepared at all and something really tragic happens to you, there are ways to heal, um, such as the uh, PTSD treatment called EMDR, probably one of the most effective treatments for post-traumatic stress. I've had it done myself. And uh, the tragedy is probably over 90% of first responders have never even heard of EMDR. And it's saving lives every day. What's that acronym for? What does that stand for? It stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. EMD is a very concentrated uh, therapeutic treatment. It's not talk therapy where you're going to be going every week for five years talking about your traumas. It's a very concentrated, specific way to uh, address what has happened to you and and to kind of heal that injury. What PTSD really is, is an injury to your brain. I don't know why they ever called it disorder. When you think of a mental disorder, you think you're messed up. Right. Uh, you have a mental illness that you're never going to get better. But when you think of a injury, you think of recovering and healing. And people can recover and are recovering from post-traumatic stress every day. And, and this is just a really effective uh, short-term treatment. Like I said, you're not going to be doing it for months and months and months on end. Right. Uh, heal that part of your brain that has been altered. From, from trauma so we can function normally again. Fascinating. 
So tell me a little bit more, delve into that deeper about how it's an injury to your brain. Because I, I just assumed it was emotional distress. It was feeling maybe a little bit of depression or something as you relive a trauma. But how does it actually injure your brain? Well, uh, Jackie, what happens is, uh, in my simple way of understanding and trying to explain it, is we have three main layers to our brain. You have the primitive core part that deals with fight or flight situations. That's what gets in, helps you to survive those things. The layer outside of that deals with emotions and connecting with people and communicating. And the layer outside of that deals with reasoning, being rational and logic, logical. What happens is uh, either you have one critical tragic incident or more likely just an accumulation of traumas, you get to the point where uh, that processing part of your brain that just deals with every experience you have stops working. It, it shuts down. And what happens is that primitive fight or flight part of your brain then overreacts to everything. So you feel like you're in a fight or flight situation, even though you're sitting at home all by yourself watching TV. You'll have the panic, the anxieties, the fears, uncontrollable emotions. Uh, the part of your, your brain deals with communicating and relating to people shuts down. And they see this with brain scans. So right. like my ex-wife would tell me, uh, you talk in one word sentences. I didn't do that better. You, you just kind of shut down and you're unable to really feel. I, I How the job affected me more than anything else, I became what I call emotionally dead. Yeah. Side where I didn't feel things anymore. Uh, I was losing my ability to care. And then that part of your brain that deals with uh, being rational and, and using logic and reason shuts down too. So people with PTSD can often do very irrational things, things they would never even think of doing before, and they can't think through problems and issues going on. But that fight or flight aspect of the brain is going off all the time. And that's an injury, that processing part of your brain that just kind of shuts down from the, uh, from the, from the traumas can be... Um, put back together it can be healed through either EMDR or their cellular treatments or PTSD to where now your entire brain is whole and is functioning normally. You know, during the pre-show, you brought up something that made me think. And it, 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 it's not only these first responders that are actually experiencing the traumatic thing or something that occurs. But then when they tell those stories, like to their family members or their spouses, those can have the same effect on those individuals as well. Maybe maybe dive into that just a little bit of, of how that PTSD, just by hearing the story, can affect people. Sure. Uh, they, they call that secondary trauma. You know, hearing, hearing a story, a traumatic thing, and uh, that can also affect your brain. Um, in ways just as if you were to experience it firsthand. And I know first responders don't want to and often don't express things to their families about what they experience at work, but um, they take that too far to where they don't say anything. Right. And it's really essential. Uh, I write about in the book, a whole chapter devoted to uh, your life partner and how you can both be uh, each other's emotional survival partner for this career. Oh, that is so cool. You absolutely have to bring in your, your life partner, the people closest to you. They don't need to know the details. They don't even want to know the details of what you experience, but they need to know whether you're okay. Yeah. Often we don't even tell that. And if you just go home and say, hey, I had a really bad case today. I'm uh, just kind of working through 
That's all you need to say. And once they know that, then they'll support you, take care of you the ways that they know how to do best. It sounds like you almost live day to day in a toxic environment. And for people that work, work in chemical situations, they wear this hazmat suit, right? At the end of the day, they have to take the hazmat suit off, take a shower, wash any possible residue off their body before they can go home. And it sounds like that's what first responders need to do in an emotional way. Because I can't imagine leaving home every day, realizing that I might not return. Or, um, or and, what and you're now, Yeah. And then you're, then you're there, your life is at risk. Um, you're helping people whose lives are in risk. And then at the end of the day, you just have to go home, you know, punch the clock and go home. Like it's a regular job and it's not a regular job. <laughs> There's got to be some way that you can shed that emotional toxicity that you've gained throughout that day to be able to go home and, and be, be a family man or a family woman or whatever. Exactly. Um, I, I tell people, uh, especially when I talk in just community groups, just average regular people that, um, you know, when we kiss our spouse goodbye, when we go to work, what we're thinking about is I hope I get to see you again. Nobody else thinks that when they just go off to work and then we go in and, and how many suicides can you see? How many child molest cases? How many fights can you get into with people who are trying to assault you? How many threats into your life? How many acts of violence? How many fatal car collisions? Just on and on and on. And then you're supposed to go home and be normal. Right. So I, I tell people that, you know, when we're at work, we're just totally focused on surviving and helping and serving. We need to somehow put that in the back of our brain when we come home. And as you walk into the front door, kind of tune into now your new role. You now I'm a husband, I'm a father, a mother, a wife, a neighbor, a coach. Um, all these other roles that you have and have those be um, uh, prominent in your consciousness and focus, focus on that. Uh, I know officers that will uh, park down the street and just sit in their car for five or 10 minutes, actually get just, just as a way to kind of decompress. <laughs> I know of another one that says when he goes home, he sets his, his alarm on his phone for three minutes and his family knows leave him alone. And he just, sits by himself and when that alarm goes off he forces himself to get up and he re-engages the family and with life so often when you're being affected by trauma one of the symptoms is uh, you become more and more isolated right attached more and more uninvolved with activities and with life um and that is not a healthy place to be and sometimes we have to almost force ourselves to stay involved and active with the people closest to us and with the things that, that really were fulfilling you know, before we became police officers or firefighters and paramedics. Oh my goodness. I want to take this minute. If you just tuned in or tuned in a little bit late, you are tuned into Life Mastery Radio with Todd and Jackie. That's Jackie on Todd. <laughs> just to clarify. Just to clarify. <laughs> and our guest today is Dan Willis. And he wrote a book called, Dan, you could probably hold the book up if you like. Sure. He wrote a book called Bulletproof Spirit, and this is a first responder's essential resource for protecting and healing mind and heart. And I found this that somebody had commented about, and I would like to share it with you. And I found this on Amazon, and this was, this was submitted by a person named Barbara. Excellent, well-written book 
that will help anyone dealing with stress of any kind. This book will help anyone dealing with stress of any kind, and especially for police officers and all first responders. It is an extremely well-written book, packed with useful information for all. You really get a feel for what first responders have to deal with day to day. I know, we just don't really think about it. Many useful tools are in the book that guide you through step-by-step -step of ways to work through the many problems of trauma, stress, and painful memories. Well worth the read, and thank you for that. Barbara, Dan, when you hear something like that, doesn't it make it all worth it? Uh, it does. And uh, every once in a while, I'll get an email from uh, someone who says, hey, the, the book saved my life. Uh, several said, hey, the book has uh, changed my life. And, uh, absolutely, it does make it all worthwhile because uh, we we're just not waiting uh, to be victimized by these great professions. There's so much we can do to take control right. over our lives and over our, our, our health and well-being. You know, today is Giving Tuesday, and I wanted, oh, were you going to do that too, Jackie? Well, no, that's all right. Go ahead. Oh, I wanted to recognize a nonprofit that you told us about. So can you tell us a little bit about this nonprofit? I think it's called Chip Terry? Chip Terry Foundation. Yes, and, and then uh, I apologize, but right after that, I think I'm going to have to uh, hook up my computer to the power source. For a oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> But uh, the Chip Terry Foundation, that was um, set up by a widow of a firefighter in uh, Cummington, Kentucky, just uh, over the Ohio River from Cincinnati. They were married for 35 years. He was a fireman for 31 years, retired as an assistant fire chief. And a couple years into his retirement, he killed himself. And the Chip Terry Foundation uh, is set up specifically to help any first responder get help. Um, they help fund that. They'll evil, e even will uh, travel with you or take you to a place anywhere in the country. They, they uh, find places and vet them to make sure it's a good, safe place for you to get treatment. I mean, they'll do anything to help a first responder heal and recover. So that that's is very cool. what they do with that fund, and uh, I highly recommend it, Chip Terry Foundation. Chip Terry Foundation. Okay, Dan, you can go ahead and plug in. Plug in something <laughs> Um, maybe tell us a little bit about what's going on today, later on this afternoon, 1 p.m. Pacific. People can tune in to Giving Tuesday. The Power of Purpose is offering a webathon, an all-day webathon today on Giving Tuesday. And so you can tune in and hear all sorts of nonprofits tell you about their mission and their purpose and an opportunity to donate if you are so moved to do so. So if, if I had a nonprofit, I could get on there. And how much time do I have to tell you about my nonprofit? Well, it's for our specific nonprofit group. Oh, <laughs> Not just anybody can get on. <laughs> <laughs> but you can join me today because you're part of my board. So. That's right. I'm in. <clears throat> That's right. But uh, yeah, you can, you can join and watch the live stream of that and learn about some great nonprofits. Very cool. We'll check out Life Master Radio or Jackie Bailey's Facebook page for more details or links onward and upward. Yeah. So, Dan, welcome back. <laughs> You're all powered up. <laughs> Tuned into the source. <laughs> in, plugged into the source. And speaking of that, I, I think during the pre-show, you made a huge comment about how important it is for you and to put it in the book. 
about spirituality and maybe you could speak to that a little bit what you know what you found how that helps you and and the benefit to others uh yeah certainly todd um spirituality to me is love of life totally is giving is serving is trying to make a difference uh, Albert Schweitzer, who, for those who don't know, he was a great, great humanitarian. He's kind of the male version of Mother Teresa. Right. Primarily in the first half of the uh, 1900s. And won the Nobel Peace Prize for all of his humanitarian efforts in Africa. But uh, he says the purpose of human life is to serve and to do good. And to have the will and compassion to help others. And that the only ones of us that will truly be happy are those who have found how to serve. Hmm. His spirituality. And, uh, and in uh, law enforcement or any first responder, you know, compassion truly is the DNA of service. Right. Um, and so, but in order to do that, we have to develop the ability to care, to care about other people, to be uh, willing to sacrifice maybe a part of ourselves for the greater good, to help make a difference, to serve the country. Serving your country, serving your community is an expression of love. Uh, being a, a police officer, a firefighter is an expression of love, of, of public safety, of protecting people from evil, of helping people to recover and alleviate human suffering. That's absolutely essential to feed our soul and to yeah. nurture us and to help us get through all the bad, trying, challenging, negative aspects of life. Doing things for other people, um, trying to fulfill the needs of others so we're not focused so much just on ourselves, that is what brings forth the beauty and the preciousness of life. And then, but I know that love. I spent five years active in the United States Marine Corps, and then I, I couldn't get, I had to stay in the reserves for five more years. But it's because of that call then that we're put in harm's way. We're exposed to things that we don't have the tools to deal with. Your book is a great tool for people to understand how to deal with these particular issues that because we serve, we're exposed to. Because we serve doesn't mean we need to suffer. Yeah. And that's one of my main points. It's not inevitable that you will um, become emotionally dead or numb or get divorced. If you happen to be a first responder to suffer uh, all the other symptoms, the isolation, the depression, the anxieties, all those things. It is absolutely not inevitable. In fact, uh, for a great part, it, it's preventable. And that's what the wellness strategies um, that I share and write about truly are a way to re remain resilient and, and healthy and well and to have your choices be productive of wellness. One of the main points uh, that I share is that, you know, if you think about it, we are making decisions constantly all day long. Yep. Most of us aren't aware we're making decisions because it's just, we're creatures of habit. We have you know, just patterns of behavior we just do without really thinking about it. But really, there's all kinds of options we have of how we're going to live this day. And we're, we make decisions throughout the day. If we can become more aware that we actually are making decisions and look at all the options we have available to us of what we are going to do in the present moment and identify that option that is the most compassionate and the most life-affirming, Every decision we do be the most compassionate, life-affirming of all the other options available to us. And that will keep us healthy and well probably more than anything else. Yeah, and awareness, right? Very cool. Absolutely. So, yes. Dan, how do you, 
your people are lying to you all day long, right? <laughs> They're telling you stories you know are, are baloney. Um, how do you how do you not lose complete sensitivity to people? How do you still trust people? How do you still want to serve people who obviously don't like you or would just as soon hit you or smack you in the face? How do you survive that on a daily basis? We used to always say, how do you know when somebody's lying? It's their, their lips are moving. <laughs> yeah. Constantly, even by normal people, by victims. They, you know, they lie about what was taken to, to uh, enhance their insurance claims and stuff. Yeah, we get lied to constantly and, and people who are trying to uh, play us and, and all that. What uh, is essential to remember is not to take things personal, mm. to be focused on the mission on your purpose. Our purpose in talking to people and no matter what we do as an officer is to find the truth. That's it. We're not trying to show someone did something. We're not trying to prove necessarily this or that. We're trying to show what happened. What is the truth of what happened? I I proved more people innocent by far than I did guilty. And and that's what we're trying to do is, is what happened. And if we're focused on that and we don't take all the slights and the personal fronts and the deception, Personally, we're not going to overreact. We're not going to lose that focus of working our way through that to get to maybe that kernel of truth that that person had that he he doesn't want to say. And uh, the more that you are just focused on that, I'm here to find out what this person knows and and to be able to corroborate it and move on to, to lead to the truth, to find out what happened. Everything else that happens in between doesn't really matter. In the police academy, do they give you thicker skin? <laughs> or is that something that just develops? <laughs> so you've mentioned that isolation, depression, anxiety, those are all signs of someone with uh, PTSD or other, or other ways that they're suffering from trauma. What are some other signs that family members should be looking for in case they're wondering if this could be something their loved one is going through? Sleep disorders, sleep problems. Uh, sleep is usually the first thing that goes as uh, traumas are building up within our, our mind. Um, and this applies to everybody, though. This is this is not just particularly right. This this is anyone who's been affected by traumas. You know, a, a death in the family, uh, being uh, molested as a kid, a sexual assault victim. I mean, it, it can be um, having sleep problems. Um, becoming more and more isolated, more and more detached, uncaring, uninvolved, distant from people, distant and uninvolved in activities that you used to like to do, unable to really connect with people, to talk, to communicate, to share, um, being fearful, having a startled response, like just a little sound goes off and you just react, like you're constantly on edge, becoming more and more irritated, more and more angry, um, uh, depression. You know, most people get depressed. It, it's a problem when it doesn't go away. You're right. after a month. That's a major, major mm-hmm. problem. And uh, any one of those symptoms is a major red flag. You know, you don't have to have all of them and say, oh, I might have PTSD. You could have it with just one. Right. So anything that you start to notice is going on inside that you don't like, you need to address it because small thing can turn into really big things that you can't control. But it's it's obvious to me, Dan, that 
a lot of people that have those symptoms and are dealing with that don't have the mindfulness or the awareness to know what's really right. They're just caught up in this ever progressive battle. They don't even know what's going on or why it's going on. They might have some indication. So my question is, is what advice can you give a loved one or somebody that's close to this person to maybe get that ball rolling because they're going to be just as negative when you bring this topic up. Hey, I think, I think you might, I think you're showing signs of PTSD and that could trip them offline. Even that kind of inquisition. Todd, Todd, that is really a great point. I'm glad you, you brought that up. Um, We are typically the last to know (laughs) when things are going on and we're changing and we're kind of in our, in our own personal cave or, or prison, uh, we think everything's fine, that we're normal. And people around us, they're all going to notice, you know, what's wrong? Well, Dan, you haven't been yourself lately. The thing is, for, for a lot of uh, relationships with first responders, the spouse does not feel comfortable saying something just for because of that reaction that talks. And it's really central, I write about this in the book, for uh, first responders to cultivate within their life partner that, um, uh, that just culture of not only is it okay for you to tell me when you notice things are, are a little off or different, it's essential. It is right. to our marriage and to my health and wellness. Mm-hmm. Please, please, it's so important. Please tell me if you notice something's going on or if you notice me changing, if you notice me reacting or not being involved as much as I should. Please let me know. And most first responders never have conversation. Right. That is so powerful. Just thinking about that. Wow. Because once, once they do feel comfortable and um, you know, my wife, ex-wife didn't, I mean, if she would have felt comfortable enough to say, Hey, hey Dan, what's going on? Why haven't you been yourself lately? I would have said something like, oh, what do you mean? It's, well, you haven't done this. You haven't done that. Or when's the last time you saw your friend, you know, so-and-so. And, uh, that would kind of turn on the light bulb, I, I would think. And you can just kind of think about it. Yeah, I, I guess she's right. Maybe there is, because you you probably are not going to notice. I mean, right. All kinds of things can be different about you, but you're just in your own tunnel. And uh, we really need our life partners to uh, to help us through this. I, I always say we, we should have it, this conversation once a year with our life partners. And I tell first responders, we always remember the anniversary date of when we got hired. <laughs> as a reminder, hey, I need to sit down and talk to my wife or my spouse. Mm. And you just sit down with them and say something like, hey, I realize it must be really hard for you because you didn't just marry me. You married the La Mesa Police Department and all <laughs> the problems and stress and traumas and the work schedules and everything else that come with it. What do you need from me so I can help you through my career? And listen to, they're going to have simple steps. And then once they're through, thank them and say, you know, something like, hey, when I fall short, please let me know. Because now that I know what I can do, what you need, I'm going to try my best to fulfill that. This is what I need from you. And tell them probably things you have never told them about how they can best support you and help you and take care of you. So you are both in this together and, and working to help each other get through it. Dan, I think you just solved a lot of the marriage problems in the United States today. <laughs> I, no, I truly, I get that feeling. I, if everybody just 
communicated, right? Jackie, Jackie and I are involved in a big organization about communication. And even being in this huge organization about communication, you would not believe how many people don't communicate. That's ridiculous. It's absolutely. It so. is. It's great. All of life is about relationships. Mm-hmm. When you break yeah. it down, every single thing that is important to you that matters involves a relationship. Yeah. And so much that we do to undermine uh, relationships, to devalue them, and not let another person know that they're valued, that they're appreciated, that we yeah. love them, that we care about them. And and those things are not hard to do, especially right. if they become a practice and just natural part of how you interact with people. Yeah, huge, huge. Well, Dan, I, I missed hearing your personal story because it sounds like you've gone through this, um, PTSD. Um, you've made it through. So can you tell us, was there a specific event that caused you to have that trauma or was it an accumulation of experiences throughout your career and how did you get through it? Uh, for me, it was um, one main experience, but by far it was not just that one experience. I mean, there were, there were so many things over 30 years in, in law enforcement. I, it, I invested a case that took almost seven years to solve where a guy got his head and hands cut off. And um, uh, the, all the child molest cases I investigated. Um, there's one uh, incident. I was only a cop for about two years. And I had a run-in with a serial killer. And over the years, whenever something would trigger that memory, it would take me right back to being there and with all the negative, dark thoughts and emotions that had entangled themselves within that memory within me would just come flooding through. And it actually took 25 years. I never, I didn't think I had uh, post-traumatic stress or issues. Uh, I'd been involved in a shooting. hadn't been involved in anything horrific. So how could I have it, have issues? It took 25 years before I finally went and talked to our police psychologist. And I had EMDR done. And uh, I actually only went once because it wasn't an issue after that. Hmm. And I hear stories like that all the time. It might not be one time, but I've heard that several times. It might just be a few, maybe a dozen. And people say it's not an issue anymore. They'll still have the memory, but all those bad, negative, dark thoughts and emotions are not there anymore attached to that memory. Wow. That sounds like a miracle. <laughs> well, it is. It is. <laughs> and in fact, um, the police psychologist that I went to, she's been doing EMDR for over 25 years. And she had a sign in her office, FM. So I said, uh, FM, what's, what's that for? And she said, it's, Effing magic. Magic. Friggin' magic. We can say friggin' magic. Nice. Wow. So what does that process involve then? Is, is it, if you, if it only took one time for you, was it like electric shock therapy or, or what? I mean, what, what was it that, uh, well, what, what happens is, um, when, when we're in a really deep sleep, that's the one part of the day when your brain is trying to catch up and process all your experiences and file them away in your memory. And, um, you know, deep sleep is called REM and REM stands for red eye movement. So if you ever know somebody that was sleeping really deeply and that part of their brain was really active doing its job, you might notice their eyelids kind of flickering back and forth. That's because when that part of your brain is active, your eyes tend to move involuntarily just because they're connected for whatever reason. That's how God Uh So with EMDR, they tend to uh, 
recreate that in the reverse. They'll do something to have your eyes move back and forth throughout your session as a way to activate that part of your brain that has been injured to, hey, wake up, we're going to deal with something here. In this safe wow, that's, I've never that heard of that. Cool. Yeah. But that's one of the principal concepts of they access that part of your brain that's been injured through the eye movement. And there's very specific uh, questions that the um, trauma therapist will lead you through. It just have you work through the trauma that you experienced, uh, how it has affected you. And you kind of get all kinds of insights about that experience that you never would have really been able to think of on your own before. And it's just a way for the brain to kind of put what happened in its proper perspective, to deal with it, or kind of make sense of it. And once that happens, uh, the brain can do what it's been unable to do, which is file that memory away without all the crippling effects. And that's why often people with PTSD will relive things over and over and over and over again. Until they deal with them. Trying to do its job and file that away, and it can't. What was the acronym again? I got to write this down. EMDR. If people just Google trauma therapist EMDR San Diego or wherever you happen to live, there'll be several that'll pop up. Wow. Call a few of them because some of them have specialties. They might just deal with kids who've been victimized or, or I'm thinking Jackie and I, we need to do a show about that. <laughs> find find an expert or somebody that wrote a book i think that's really cool oh my goodness my friends we only have about three minutes left i told you this would just fly right by did you have fun dan i absolutely did thank you guys so much this is a great show i love this show and i i recommend everybody tune into the show and tell a friend about it we don't have telephones anymore well we have cell phones but tell a friend that's a great way to communicate is there one last parting shot that you would have for our listeners dan or a thought or an idea i'd like to just leave your listeners with i I want you to just think about how precious and beautiful life is can be and the way to experience the most to be enriched and have the most fulfilling experiences is to be loving and caring and compassionate and be trying to have a difference, make a difference to, um, to have a purpose beyond yourself, beyond your self-interest, no matter what it is you're doing at work in your relationships, have a purpose beyond yourself that is meaningful and helpful to others. And uh, you will have a blessed, great life. Very cool. Thank you. That was very nice. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And Make sure that you appreciate and t- and say thank you to that first responder you see standing in that coffee line at Starbucks or in the grocery store. Just say thanks. I mean, they really, really do appreciate it. And you always get a big smile. I do it all the time. And, and it's really cool. Thanks for being on the show today, Dan. Thank you, Jackie, for being an awesome co-host. I think you have some great questions and you certainly help support me and my wackiness. <laughs> I'm getting to the point where I can fill in the rest of your sentences. <laughs> That's a dangerous thing. Oh, it's been a great show. Tell your friends about it. LifeMasteryRadio.net. Sign up for the newsletter. I want to leave you with this. I would really appreciate it if you would just make it a great day. Because it is all about choice. And choose to check out Dan's book, Bulletproof Spirit. Bye-bye for now. 
Thank you for tuning in to Life Mastery with Todd Allen, the talk radio show that dives into the science of higher consciousness. Join Todd and his guests weekly at 10 a.m. Pacific time and learn how to live a peaceful life. For more information on Todd and his guests, visit his website at www.lifemasteryradio.net. That's www.lifemasteryradio.net. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.